0: Your Money, replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me, on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Money and Me, the property edition on Money FM 89.3, brought to you by Simlian Group, creating space, creating homes. This is Money and Me, the very special property edition today. You're looking to buy your next private home, but you can't decide. Should you buy one off the resale market or should you buy a brand new launch? What are some of the pros and the cons of buying a resale flat versus a new launch if you are buying for investment purposes you know, what should you get if you're buying to live in it and enjoy it as a home? Which market should you be looking at? Mohammed Ismail Ghaffur, Chairman and CEO of Propnex Limited, joining us live in the program. Good morning, Ismail. Hi, morning to everyone. Yes. So first up, before we jump into today's topic, I understand that uh, Propnex has been recommended as a dividend stock. Yeah, indeed, it has been very,
1: very positive because, as you know, we are very asset light free cash flow and we paid recently 80% over of our profits as dividend and that's the good thing about our company.
0: Wonderful. We'll be looking out for you for our next feature, Stocks to Watch. Okay, first up, today's topic is if I'm looking at resale versus new launch. Ismail, help me, what are the things that I should keep in mind? I think
1: one of the key things here is if you look at private new launches, have been really doing very well despite the cooling measures. We are talking about the first eight months of this year outperforming in terms of volume of transactions. And when we look at it, even in July we sold more than 1,178 units. August was another 1,122. And September likely to cross another 1,000. And where are these buyers coming from? Mm. And what is their interest as far as new launches are concerned? When we just drill into some of the analysis, we realize there are still a strong demand for new launches from two group of people. One are really the investors who are picking up the smaller units as their second or their third home. It could be the one-bedroom or the two-bedroom. And there are also homeowners who favour a new launch instead of a resale. Later, we will talk about the resale. I mean, just to give an example, for this year, one of the best-selling project development that have sold 742 units within a period of seven months, and that's amazing numbers. I'm talking about treasure at Tampani's. And when we look at their... One plus study, 100% sold out. And they still have got the other one-bedroom and three-bedroom. I'm not really talking about this particular development as specific. Generally, why people favor new launches? Simply because one of the key things here is this. trend have proven that the new launches tend to have a price surge when it is completed. And people tend to make money... From this appreciation, and for example, Martin Modern, two years ago, was launched, and today, the same development of a similar stack over a similar size unit, the prices have gone up by $600 per square foot. And we are talking about if someone is buying a size of 1000 and that is $600,000. And that is not only confined to the core central region. We talk about Kingsford Water Bay, a development that has been fully completed, and it has gone up by $170. And generally, this is possible for new launches simply because the developers are able to increase the price along the way. And the valuers are able to match. One of the key things right now, why buyers are actually picking up at the launch weekend Mm. is because the developers are very, very price sensitive. In fact, the developers, most of them are only putting a less than 10% in terms of profit margin, a single digit profit margin. And why they have to do that here is Let's look at it from the developer's angle. When they launch, they want to have a good momentum in terms of the percentage being sold. Then more people realize that there is some demand for this particular property. And most importantly, developers don't finance everything by themselves. They have a financial institution backing them. And the financial institution do have some KPIs that from the time you launch, within 12 months, you may have to attain at least a 20% sale. Within 24 months, a 40%, these KPIs, different financial institutions to different developers got different numbers. But can you imagine a developer doing a launch and not getting the good numbers? First, his stress level goes up. Second, he is obligated to the financial backers who are funding this project. That's why the developers tend to price it so sensitively at the launch weekend until they attain. And once they hit the 25% or 30%, they tend to increase the price. When they hit the 50%, they tend to increase the price so that overall they still make a reasonable profit. But the first mover advantage are those people who are making a better profit. And as they increase the price, the valuers are able to match and that's why the new launches seems to favor in the market. Maybe if I just shared in the resale market, mm. what is happening in the resale market is this. The price movements tend to be relatively muted because in a the development there are five hundred owners. Nobody is controlling the price. And therefore there will be one owner who bought it much cheaper and he is in a dire needs to sell, and he will sell it at a lower price. And that becomes a benchmark. That's why even though a new launch, for example, per square foot is 1,003 and a resale is 1,001, one wonders why can't the valuer match a higher price? But unfortunately, it is about willing buyer, seller and the last transactions. And that's why the resale is always lagging behind in terms of capital appreciation after some time.
0: It is so terrific to get an insider's view on what influences the price movements, you know, particularly of new launches. I think few people understand the KPIs the developers have to meet, for example. So I want to bring it back to the resale flat. You talked a little bit about why, you know, prices, capital appreciation of resale flats maybe move slowly. But what are the advantages of buying a resale flat?
1: I think definitely there are also advantages. Put it this way. If someone who wants a bigger space for a same budget If the per square foot is cheaper in the resale, one would get a slightly bigger space. Mm. So it is about whether do you want to buy and live and stay in that environment, then it's perfectly okay. And the second thing obviously is here is this, the resale flat, you are able to exactly see what are you entering into. And as opposed to uh, new launches, you will have to visualize from the actual show unit and as well as the display models. Yep. But more importantly here is this, some of them or most of them end up getting a resale for many reasons because they need an immediate roof over their head within three months. And unlike a new launch that takes about two years or two and a half years to complete. And what is it that a resale owners can look forward to? I'm quite certain. I'm not saying the resale prices will not go up in price. Mm. Resale properties were likely to keep pace with inflation and market movement. If they are lucky, if you buy the right development, you may end up with a huge windfall if the resale development goes on block. But I would not suggest anybody to speculate that this development will go on block but because there are many things involved before a successful on block take place. But put it this way, if somebody buys a resale property, 25-year-old at the moment, and if he or she choose to stay there for another 10, 15 years, it is going to be 40 years. And therefore, I hope hopefully, the development is well-maintained. Can you imagine a 40 year old development, the internal, the piping, the rust, the wiring, and many other things. If it is not well-maintained, the rental yield tend to also drop because there are newer development that provides better lifestyle and a tenant prefer. And some of the tenants from the older development will tend to migrate to a newer development for a marginally more rental amount. And and these are also some of the risk and there are also some positive aspect from a resale property as well.
0: Okay, question from a listener. Surprised to hear that the one plus one room mm-hmm. units seem to sell for new launches. Mm-hmm. Do you think that these are still something that investors should be looking out to? I mean, what is the investment potential there for these so-called shoebox units? We've seen them in the market over the past couple of years. People have tried living in them and some people find it a little bit discomforting. So,
1: I think, put it this way, in today's norm, it has come to acceptance. I think if you talk about, let's say, eight to ten years ago, when it was something, a new norms people thought, who's going to leave? But people are well-traveled and they understand. And even the new millennials, many of them would like to have their Und privacy and as well as in the freedom and neither do they want to have in a huge house that they are being slave to cleaning and therefore this is okay in today's norm people are using a home just as a shelter and as long as it provides the basic needs and it is comfortable and from a rental perspective there's still again a fair demand for such smaller units be it a one bedroom or one plus study and there are many other foreigners who are working the middle income group and so on, again, from a privacy point of view. And most importantly, what they are looking at is the facilities and the lifestyle in total that it comes with.
0: Okay, here is a technical question. How much cash should I prepare if I was looking to buy a resale flat? I suppose it would depend on location and Mm, size. mm, Uh, mm, What is mm. your general take on that? I think
1: today, as far as the guideline is concerned, as long as one could afford to take a loan, the bank is prepared to fund up to 75%. Therefore, what we need is the remaining 25%. And the 25% need not all come cash. You can use your CPF ordinary account. But a minimum of 5% cash is expected. And as well as the STEM duties, that will go up to 4%. Therefore, if one has got about 10% cash and the remaining amount in CPF, you would be able to qualify to buy any resale flat. And depending on the size and location as
0: exactly you highlighted. So actually, would you need less cash if you're buying from a developer because of the staggered payments? Yeah. One of the things people favor Mm. the new
1: launches here is you're not immediately subjected to the monthly installments because there's a progressive payment. So once you have paid the initial 20%, the subsequent payment Percentages will only kick in as the development progresses to your level. And that's why what people realize here is this like, for example, when you buy a new development and you only will be subjected to the full monthly installment probably about two to three years down the road. And by that time, the property may have even appreciated a fair percentage because if the market and the economy does well.
0: So it can help you hold. A property to yeah. some extent and yeah. manage your cash flow a little bit better if you're buying a new launch. So, do you think, Ismail? Here we go with the shoebox question again. As shoebox unit supply falls, could private home prices in Singapore rise? Mm, I think
1: the correlation here is, has got nothing to do with actually if the shoebox units prices drops or the demand drops or the price. I think as far as Singapore property prices is concerned, it is more of the fundamentals, are they right? Yep. And we are very certain with the government taking a relatively a proactive measures to making sure. Two things. Actually, the authorities don't like a huge, fast escalation of price because they want sustainable. And secondly, because Singapore's is land scarce, the government indirectly control the land supply from the government land sales. And if you look at it for this year and moving forward, the number of units has been reduced comparatively to last year. Therefore, we always want to make sure there isn't a glut because when property prices hugely drop who's going to be affected almost every Singaporean because we are one of the highest property ownership in the entire world therefore we take a very long term sustainable approach
0: and here's another question for you are we expecting to see land bid prices continue to escalate and therefore higher price points for new launches I must say the land prices
1: developers are fairly cautious now. And it used to be on very strong demand. It still is, I must say, because developers tend to have land bank in their reserve, because if not, they don't have a job to do. But having said that, developers, as I said, are very cautious simply because they are taking a look at the current supply and as well as locations. And I have seen in some of the recent land bid prices, mm-hmm. the developers have brought the prices marginally lower in terms of their bid.
0: Mmm. Six six nine one one eight nine three. If you'd like to join in the conversation, or you can keep sending your WhatsApp messages our way. We love it when you send us questions at nine seven one seven eight eight nine three. This is Money and Me, the Property Edition, and we are discussing today what you should keep in mind: pros and cons of buying of the resale market for private development versus buying of a developer directly. So, integrated developments, they've been a current favourite. Apparently, they're in high demand. So, tell me about integrated developments, what they're like and what the market is for them currently. Are people buying?
1: I think integrated development comes once, probably I won't say in a lifetime, once in a year, for example. Last year, throughout the whole year, there was only one, integrated development, which was Woodley Residence. Mm. And this year, the whole of this year, we are only going to have one, and again, that is Sun And they're years with zero integrated development. And there's a difference between a simple mixed development versus a integrated when we say mixed development means yes the development has got some components of commercial use mm. and that's fair and there are many development as such but when we talk about integrated means we are talking about something that is development b- directly over an MRT station and incorporating the bus interchange, a community club. And in one of the recent one that's going to be launched, which is known as Sun Congred, is probably the first time in Singapore even a hawker centre is incorporated with a shopping mall. Can you imagine wow. your MRT is downstairs and you have got three floors of shopping mall and you have a hawker centre Plus the bus interchange, community club, childcare center, and you are probably you will never see the sun in your life if you choose not to. <laughs>
0: that's uh, my dream apartment. Yeah. You don't have to go far for anything, yeah. just downstairs.
1: Yeah. And that's why people do pay a premium for integrated development. One of the key thing here is this mm. why people are prepared to pay other than the convenience and the lifestyle, generally integrated development gets a higher rental yield in comparison to a non integrated and we are talking about the rental yield can be in a tune of about twenty five to thirty percent more, and that that's huge and because the rental is much higher, it also allows the capital appreciation to go higher in the future. put it this way, I always used to say this all Capital appreciation is a byproduct of rental yield. If I explain in simple term, if somebody buys a property at one million Mm. and he or she is hoping to sell at one point five million in fifteen years down the road, but if the rental in the fifteen years did not move, remain at the same two thousand five, there's no logic for the capital to appreciate because the next investor will see return on his investment. Yeah, that's why, in a way, an integrated development do have a better rental yield. Why? A tenant, for him, what he wants is convenience. Can you imagine he'll just go down to an MRT and he can go and shop and grab something and leave. And that's why integrated developments at entry level, the people do have to pay a small premium in terms of the price.
0: Okay, so what is that premium like?
1: And we are talking about anything between 20 to 30%. and, And I think that's fair, mainly because first thing, the developers have to pay a higher price to buy and second thing the developers have to integrate at their cost in terms of the connectivity to the bus interchange the community club and all this is been part of the cost of the developer mm. and this is part of the tender requirement and that's why the cost marginally goes up but on the other hand as I said people who owns these are also able to attain a higher rental and therefore it justify from a perspective of investment
0: the rental that they can get you see about 20% more. Is this more than the surrounding area? Because the surrounding area is also sort of within walking distance of all these facilities, right? Yep. Yeah. And we are talking about 25 to 30%. And one of the good examples
1: here mm. is this Budok residence. Oh. And I think um, when we did an analysis, it was exactly 30 point, almost slightly above 30% rental in
0: comparison mm. to all other condominiums in that District 16. Tremendous. So between a new launch and a resale flat, which would be a better investment property to look into and why? And can you name a few that you think are good investment properties?
1: I would be stressed to name a few simply because because the huge number of development, but actually it all comes from the perspective of individual ability, desires and lifestyle. I mean, obviously, when you look at it from the mass market, f- for those people who want to just upgrade for a family home, there are many development we are talking about. Obviously, Treasure at Tampines is one of the cheapest at the entry level. We are talking about 1300 But so does, they have got many other developments, be it Florence Residence, be it Riverfront. And
0: what is the only integrated development that launched recently again?
1: Oh, not yet for this year. Not the yet. integrated res- uh, development, if you're talking about it, is Sank grand above Kok MRT okay. and that is going to come in the next couple of weeks down the road the show flat will be ready for open but then again it is a price point mm. would you want to pay $18,300 or would you like to pay $18,700 yeah but I think across the board people do buy, whether it's integrated or not integrated developments. But then on the other hand, there are also development that we are talking about in the core central region. And even as just this weekend, there were some new launches that were done and it really did sell very well uh, in terms of demand in the core central region. Before
0: I let you go, I have to ask you this question. When it comes to investing in property, is it Enough to just own one or do you think that we should all be aiming to own more than one Ismail?
1: Okay. I always like this question. I mean obviously one of the greatest thing that I always notice here is this mm. everyone wants to own the biggest house. But the problem here is it sometimes when we buy the biggest house, we are so busy working and paying all the monthly instalment. The only person who's enjoying the premises is the maid and the dog. <laughs> Yeah. So the idea about owning a second property, it really is exciting. Why do I say that? For example, I'm saying that buy within the size that you require. And if you buy another smaller development as an investment and you rent it out, and this is a concept, I said, that using other people's money. Because when you buy a second property, first you're using the banker's money to finance, and then second, you're renting it out, you're getting the tenants to pay the monthly instalment, and over a period of time, let's say 20 years later, when it is fully paid, and assuming you bought a property at $1 million, and and 20 years later, even if you sell it at $1.5 million, and your initial outlay was only, let's say, three four $400,000, who paid the balance of all? All the money and that is what the concept of using other people's money. And that's why I always encourage people if they can afford within their means. And as long as one has the ability to hold on for the longer period of time, of at least 10 years, it is definitely a valued proposition to consider looking at a second property.
0: Great stuff today. Wonderful, as always, to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming by, Mohamed Ismail Gaffour, Chairman and CEO of Propnex Limited. I'll see you next Monday, Ismail. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Thank you. Yep. This segment is brought to you by Simlian Group. Creating space, creating homes. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.